This show was recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung people of the Kuling Nation. Bad English with your host, Ivan Aristegeta. Hola, my name is Ivan Aristegeta. I am from Venezuela. I live in Australia. And when I'm not making podcasts, I'm a stand-up comedian. Welcome to Bad English. A safe space to talk trash about the English language without the fear of losing your visa. Each week, we'll dive deep into an English problem or two with a language expert. What I want to focus on today, actually, is the fact that we have nouns that you can count and we have nouns or things, you know, that we can't count. We might even learn some tips and tricks about how to be at peace with the difficult stuff, or at least... Know who to blame. This episode beats up on nouns. Why are there so many of them? Why? And, and we find out what is going on when they hoard together and collective nouns start behaving like a street gang. But now you're going to the difficult stuff about collective nouns. <laughs> yeah. This is something. Ones that just don't make sense. <laughs> this is a. So are we going to the. Is it like the birds and the. Yeah. Oh, this is, so think, this is so hard. This episode. A Tamil refugee who arrived in Australia by boat and learned English in a detention center. Nowadays, he owns a successful pop-up food truck and makes music while he's cooking. The tuka tuka means the sound. When I'm making food, I'm uh, using metal uh, spoon. I chop on the metal hot plate. So it's a make, I play with the metal, you know. Ah, like a percussion. <laughs> yeah, percussion. So when I start to make the food, the dish, you can hear the sound. It's a great story, believe me. Languages are crazy hard, right? But we can't do without them. You see, humans and languages have a symbiotic relationship. Without languages, there'll be no humans. Without humans, there'll be no languages. Just like us, languages are living things. They're constantly changing, reshaping, evolving. Words are the cells of a language. They die to be replaced by fresh ones. Not so long ago, we were saying words like cassette, encyclopedia, or Bill Cosby. Those words are behind us. In a remote place, probably inside a dusty trunk, in a dark attic filled with cobwebs, resting in peace next to the words discotheque landline, and sizzler. Today we have newborn baby words like YouTuber, umami, and the latest Padam Padam by Australia's most illustrious lyricist and composer, Kylie Minogue. According to the new Oracle of Delphi, also known as Wikipedia, the English language is the most spoken language in the world, followed by Mandarin and Hindi. Yep, I wasn't expecting that, but I don't question the oracle. That's bad juju. English can be heard in 146 countries and is also the most studied language in the world. If that many people speak English in so many different countries, we can assume that the birth rate of new words in English is as fast as the ticket sales of Taylor Swift's New World Tour. Go Tay Tay! English has to be the most fertile language in the mother world. Linguists, midwives are running like headless chooks trying to put these newborn words in the safe nursing conditions of a dictionary. The latest edition of the Oxford Dictionary has under 200,000 words. In the meantime, the Oracle, 
You know what I'm talking about. Wikipedia states that the English language has over 700,000 words. That's a lot of unregistered vocabulary bubbles. See what I just did there? I just created a new word. Vocabulary bubble. It means newly created word. Vocabulary bubble. That's one word, 12 letters. My producer Bez tells me they're going to submit it to the Macquarie Dictionary. Of course, if English has over 700,000 words, lots of these words share the same meaning. For example, let me show you just how many ways there are to say the title of our show. Are you ready? You're going to need to find a comfy chair and sit back because this might take a while. Okay, here we go. English is atrocious, diabolical, terrible, shit. horrible, awful, appalling, poos, house, unsettling, terrible, evil, shit. um, shit. yeah, shit is the one I'm landing on. <laughs> Sorry, but we had to keep bleeping that one, which actually was the one people said the most about English. We may need to change the name of the show. Today we have a great episode. Our very special guest, we have Nido Vitiasekar. He's a refugee chef and owner of Takataka Kotu Roti Man, a pop-up food truck based in Victoria. Nero. Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to Bad English. How are you? I am good, good. Thank you for having me. How many languages do you speak and which are those languages? I can speak Tamil fluently. Other languages are just I can manage. Yeah. Maybe English I can and some other. Uh, we have a two language in Sri Lanka. Yeah. Other language in Singles. So I can manage that one also. And I was Malaysia a few months. I learned few words there. And yeah, I I was in immigration camp with other Arabic people and mm-hmm. some other language. So I learned some other language words, Arabic also. Few oh, words, nice. you know, not fluently, just can speak. Okay. When you're filling a form and say it's like native speaker or fluent or medium level or advanced, you said, I can manage. I think that's a great way of presenting it. Like it's like some other languages, I can manage. I like that. I like that needle. So tell us your story. How, how, when did you arrive to Australia and how was your journey since you started from coming from Sri Lanka to Australia? Yeah, 2009, I came to Australia by boat. Yeah. Before that, I was in Sri Lanka. Yeah, I grew up there. A lot of struggling uh, yeah. time I grew up. Yeah, that um, kind of situation uh, make us to live in uh, Sri Lanka. So not only Tamil people, even other singles people also living country yeah. because they want to live uh, as a free man or free human in the free country. Now I'm here. So sometime in uh, Sri Lanka, we have a curfew. Sometimes we display place to place and we live many months, years, nothing, uh, our own village. Yeah. So a lot of um, controlling. Um, we don't have anything rights and we can show our life also, you know. That kind of situation was there. Now I, anywhere here, Australia can go anywhere. You know, that kind of make us a little bit more freedom. That's how I feel that works. When you said before that you lived in Malaysia for a while, so Malaysia was the first stop before coming to Australia? Uh, yes, yeah. And uh, how was the trip between Sri Lanka and Malaysia? Uh, I flew there. 
You flew there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And from Malaysia to Australia was the boat? Yes, yeah. How long was that boat trip? About uh, two weeks. How many people in the boat? Um, Approximately? 50 or 53 something. Yeah. Wow. So you arrived to Malaysia on an airplane. Yeah. And from there, you got on a boat. And how is that process? So in Malaysia, uh, life are very temporary. Even waste than Sri Lanka, you know, for us, for the other country people. So we don't have any work rights or security or anything. So yeah. we can't improve mm-hmm. anyway. So then we said, okay, let's go. Then they said, get the money. Ready, yeah? Get ready the money. So then we you can go by boat. So they didn't say the boat. Yeah, you know, the organizing people said, ah, we're going by ship or something, you know. So you, you don't worry about anything. Because I never get on the sea. So we can go by angle... Uh, Deep only. You didn't know how to swim? No. Okay. First, we took a small canoe, same like canoe, six or five people to the other. Then they put us on the bigger fishing boat. They said, ah, this is also another um, way to go to big ship. Okay. We are taking more people here, loading more people. We don't know who is coming. So people come and they start to journey. So did they tell you the people who, who was in charge of taking you on the boat what to bring with you yeah in the city they said we everything we have water food and everything you don't need to bring too many things how was the food like what, what did they give you yeah food um you know i think i ate uh, two or three days only mm. that's um cooked rice and boiled potatoes come Then after that, most people are, I'm also get seasick. Yeah. yeah. So we can't eat anything or we can't drink any water at it. We kind of lay down. Or Try to lay down yeah. for two weeks. Because when you're um, the, in the boat, you cannot stand up straight. Yeah, yeah. They say, oh, sometimes people can see us, uh, too many people are going or something. Someone, people fall off or anything, you know, a yeah, lot of things yeah. happen. So they um, us. Wow. What was like the day that the patrols from the Australian borders saw the boat and they got you out of the boat? What was that day like? A few days before they catch us, uh, our boat uh, broke down. So we can't move. So we stayed there and our Whoa. boat, uh, we don't know which way we're going. And the some area, the water come inside also. We just take the water out. Um, then maybe uh, first day... Aircraft come and see us and they crowned us. Waving, yeah. Yeah, waving and we yelled, help, then Navy come. And they took us all the same, like, you know, they said, uh, they announced on the, uh, their boat, bigger ship come. They mm-hmm. said, ah, don't move, hands up, your, you know, raise your hands up, yep. your head. Yep. So then we was it. Mm, that's, I can't focus these memories. Yeah, they bring all in the, they said, uh, we are, Australian Navy, um, we're going to take you this place and don't panic. So then we got a little bit of uh, hope and they start to feed us. You know, a lot of people are dehydrated and no food. Yeah. So yeah, they start to slowly, slowly feed us. So what happened after Christmas Island and how long were you there? Nearly six years I was in different uh, immigration camp in Australia. So Christmas Island, then Bipa. So that's a uh, near... Queensland. 
one place over there also nearly one year something then after that adelaide uh, photocasta What is the life like in an immigration camp? Um we are kind of locked up. Mm-hmm. So we have a high security fence. Mm-hmm. So we can you know everything walking distance. So we can go out of the fence or we can we can see through but we pass just forest. We don't see I don't see any people neighbors or any people any vehicle nothing. And When did I tell you that you were free out of the detention center? Um until uh, I think nearly 6 years I was in immigration camp. So finally I was uh, Melbourne Maita brought me to camp I was there. Woke up eat and sometime lunch I'm like we I'm also we know we are not much eat breakfast yeah. because we um some people you know most of people friends uh, we sleep late night. Early morning sometime we sleep and we wake up after lunch you know nocturnal something they say hostel yeah. <laughs> yeah they kind of yeah we don't want to see daytime we avoid the day and we wake up and do nighttime you told me that you learn how to cook here you have a, a food business you have a food truck but you didn't know how to cook before you arrived to australia yeah so did you get to learn or cook in one of these detention centers a broad meadows camp melbourne broad meadows camp we got yeah. a chance to cook okay. our own meal Okay. So um some friends are good cook. So they are going to be a main chef then you know as I'm like <laughs> me I'm uh, going cutting you know helping I learn from them. They bring the some authentic memories and taste and things. Yeah. So Nero, when do you exactly leave detention and what's your current status? Are you a citizen? Are you on a visa? Are you on a permanent resident visa? What's your your legal status in Australia? I think 2015 I released so late 2015 so I released with a three months visa so then um, after three months my visa expire so I wait a uh, six month again to renew other visa so the um, that that six month uh, I can't do anything you know working legally working I can't do anything yeah six so months then I got a uh, another bridging visa it's a bridging visa yeah I think until Two years ago, I got a, another temporary visa. It's called Safe Cabin Enterprise. So that visa have a valid five years only. What was your first job in Australia when you uh, got that visa? Uh, I start work in the kitchen. Great. So already uh, some friends uh, released before me. So I learned from them and we look after each other. Yeah. Because after settled new country or anywhere. So we start to do everything from bottom. I made a lot of friends, Australians come to see us, people, you know, we call visitors. So, yeah, we talk. Um, yeah, that's a more conversation. Yes, yeah. they don't know Tamil language. So we have to talk, uh, we have to tell experience. They come to us, see us. They come to see, uh, listen to our story or they come to support for us. Uh, we, sometimes we make a mistake there. You want to tell this way, this way, you know. They correct some friends correct. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way. So let's talk about 
English. Let me introduce my amazing co-host, the expert in the English language, Eileen Bagan. Hi. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for having me here. I'm how, so excited. <laughs> how are you today? Yeah, really good, thanks. And Eileen is gonna, it, she's here. Any questions that you have about the English language, you have an expert. Eileen has many, many years teaching English as a second language, so... What's your favorite Australian expression to say? How did you do? You do you tell them, "Hey, are you going like that?" G'day, g'day. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> there we I go. Just, come on, man. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to learn about nouns in English. Basically, a noun in English refers to things or people, maybe animals, places. All those words, sometimes even ideas, those words are called nouns. Like yeah. kotu roti is a noun. That's right. And so there's lots of categories of nouns. What I want to focus on today, actually, is the fact that we have nouns that you can count and we have nouns or things, you know, that we can't count. A countable noun might be something like a banana. You can count a banana. Or a dog, you can count a dog, one dog, two dogs, three dogs. But an uncountable noun would be like sugar. Yeah. You can't count sugar. Oh, yeah. Or rice. Or it could be a material like metal. You can't count metal. You can't count gold or wood. So what you need is you need a word to measure the uncountable noun so then that you can count it. So, for example, if I said water, what? what kind of word do you use with water to count water? Glass of water. Yeah, a bottle, bottle. of water. Yeah. Exactly. Or a litre, we can say litre. Exactly, yeah. a litre of water, yep. So, we call those collective nouns or measure words, you know, to measure whatever you can't count. I yep. know where you're going now. Yeah. You're going to, the, you, you just present it, I'm like, what she's saying is pretty easy. Yeah. But now you're going to the difficult stuff about collective nouns. <laughs> yeah. This is something... Ones that just don't make sense. <laughs> this is a... So are we going to the... Is it like the birds and the... Yeah. Oh, this is, so think, this is so hard. So with nouns that you can't count, you need to put them in a measurement or a, use a word so that you can count it. But there's another kind of collective noun, another kind of word that we use for groups of things, right? So if they're people... You can say there's one person, two people, or a group of people. If you're talking about friends that you have, you might have a circle of friends. So we use the word circle, circle. with friends, for example. Now, do you know any animal ones, for example? Like if we say, if you see many birds in the sky, what would you say? There is a... No, I know the fish. They say school oh. of fish. Ah, perfect. I know that. Perfect. I know. That's I don't exactly know, but, what we're but. talking about. Yeah, the school of fish. I always use bunch, a bunch of this, a bunch of that. <laughs> and I'm looking at your list and there's no bunch in it. No. There's n nowhere. There's no, like this one is so. Maybe a bunch of flowers. So wild cats is, a group of wild cats is destruction. <laughs> <laughs> so a bunch of wild cats is destruction. Yeah, it makes sense. But that's a bunch of rhinos as well. Or... <laughs> Or elephants or a crazy monkey. Actually, another interesting one that you might be familiar with is, so the animal and the meat of that animal has a different word as well. 
So all these are nouns, right? So, for example, cow meat is? Beef. Okay. A calf meat, which is a baby cow. Calf meat? Mm. Meaty. <laughs> Beefy. <laughs> Beefet. <laughs> it's veal. And the, the other one that's um, quite hard or very, very different is deer meat. Yeah, it's always expensive. <laughs> yeah. Very deep. Deep. Too hard to get to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so deer meat is venison. I'm going to ask a question. So <laughs> what's kotu roti? Um, kotu roti, um, uh, chopped roti mixed with um, curry and veggie, egg, you know, everything yep. together. Um, we chop on the hot plate. It's like the fried rice, but instead of rice, it's chopped roti. Yeah, roti bread. Yeah. Roti bread. Yeah. Do you make your own roti bread? Yeah. How did... Okay, <laughs> I need to stop this. How did... Making roti bread is not that easy, and you didn't know how to cook. How do you go from not cooking to making roti bread? Because roti bread is hard. <laughs> Who told you to make roti bread? I decided I'm going to live here. So I come to... Decided that mean I... Come here to live. Yep. So everything challenge, everything learning. Yeah. Even English, whether uh, I start to use mobile phone here. For the first time. Yeah. So, you know, bank, credit card, a lot of things I learn and I using. So yeah. that's a lot of things we learn. Yeah. So same like I learn, I, I decided I want to start my own. You know, I work many places. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I can... If I try, I can do it myself. So I learn it. So. Wow. Of course, after you wait six years to have what you want, like there's no challenge. Yeah. Oh, learn a language? Of course. Roti bread? Nothing. Just as it's I need e it. too, <laughs> as they say in Australia, too easy, mate. <laughs> so your business is called Tuka Tuka Kotu Roti Man. What's Tuka Tuka? Um, the Tuka Tuka means the sound. When I'm making food, uh, using metal uh, spoon. I chop on the metal hot plate. So it's a make, I play with the metal, you know. Ah, like a percussion. <laughs> yeah, percussion. So when I start to make the food, the dish, you can hear the sound. Is it just yourself or do you have anyone helping you? Uh, my wife come with me. Some. What about um, speaking English with your wife? Because does she speak Tamil? Uh, no. My son knows more than wife, you know, in the Tamil language. They pick up so quickly. Yeah. So sometimes he mm-hmm. explain, Mom, this is, you know, this one. And your son, how old is your son? Uh, four years old. So your son speaks both. Yeah. He understands both. He can understand, yeah. And when he communicates, because he's a little boy, four years old, does he mixes Tamil and English when he speaks? Uh, yeah, sometimes when he talk with me, he use some Tamil words. And with the mom, he speaks. 100% English. Yeah. And that, that way you'll also continue learning English. and Yeah, you know, that I thinking in a Tamil. So then I translate in English. That's a make sometimes bad language. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, did I, uh, so we, in a Tamil way, if I ask, mm-hmm. so that's a sound make uh, polite or, you know, the formal way. In English, if I ask, water, please, water. Give water, you know, give water. So direct. That sounds rude, rude. direct. So yeah. I I want to learn that English way with the, talk with the English people. To be a bit more polite. Yeah. 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 But in our, our language, the tone is 
everything, you know. that The tone is everything. Yeah. So you don't have to say please. It's just the way you say it. Yeah. And that's the thing. That's the bit that it's lost in translation is the intention yeah. is lost. Well, an, an easy way to make everything polite, like the very basic way is just add can. So can you give me some water? Can I have some water? Can you repeat that? That's a very easy way to make something a little bit more polite. You can go more and more polite, but the basic way. Instead of give me water, can you give me some water? Yeah, can. Mm. But there's something very confusing that I learned in Australia. Mm. So um, you can say some water, thanks. And this is weird for me. Like you have to say thanks after they do it for you. And you're saying thanks (laughs) instead of please. That will be easier for you because you can use either please or thanks and it means the same in Australia. That's true. Some water thanks and you're already being polite. Yep. But it makes no sense in the English language. Yeah, sometimes I have a hard time with a wife because my English sometimes. <laughs> yeah, if I ask, what are you doing? What are you doing? So that's a make a little bit, you know. So I don't know how to... Just, just add my queen at the end. Oh. <laughs> okay. What are you doing, my queen? <laughs> Everything my queen and she'll be happy, I think. That's a good point. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> I try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a very warm and big thanks to our beautiful guest, Nido Vidyasekar. And of course, to our champion English expert, Eileen Bagan. And thanks for being a wonderful audience and listening to Bad English. Don't forget to tell your friends, subscribe, follow us. Bad English is a production of Ear Candy Media for SBS Audio. Our producer is Bez Zode. Sound design and edit Tiffany Dimmock. Executive producer Ian Walker. The podcast's manager at SBS Audio is Caroline Gates. Thanks to Joel Supple and the SBS Audio team. I'm Ivan Aristeguieta. Adios. Till next time.